This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest review pods. We're going to be looking at the two-all draw against Arsenal at Selhurst, which saw Luca grab his first goals of the season. I'm your host, Mike Scott, here in place for Chris Hamblin, who's recovering from a weekend of having the contents of his wallet and his dignity ripped away from him in Las Vegas. With me are D.R. Kernes and Nick Gellard, who will be going over the game with me right after this. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9pm, 558am, DAB Digital Radio and online, lovesportradio.com. Okay, so gents, how are you doing? How's DR? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm a bit better now that we didn't get smacked by Arsenal, which was my prediction beforehand. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good result, and I'm happy because both football and basketball is going good, which is weird. weird. <laughs> Never does. Well, I won't pretend that I care one remote bit about basketball, yeah. but yeah, I think we were <laughs> all agreed uh, that we weren't expecting that. Nick, how about you? I'm all right. How, how are the Brighton Bees doing in the basketball nowadays? They are all right. Brighton Bees? No, the Bracknell Bees. I used to go and watch them. I was even on Channel 4 in the background once. Oh, I, don't, I watched the NBA, Nick. I don't watch oh, right. the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought you were just, that was a little pun or something. I tell no, you. no. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's, that's something special. And I, I watch, I follow the Spurs, but before people think it's Tottenham Hotspur, it's a basketball team called San Antonio Spurs. But yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, Nick. I just don't know. I just <laughs> Yeah, so... I'm, I'll, I'll tell Mike how I am now. I'm, I'm feeling a bit fragile after getting very, very drunk on Saturday oh, yeah. night and then being really, really cold yesterday. And I've just been out to get some milk and it ain't nice out there anymore. But yeah, I saw the Tom Robinson band Saturday night and they were very, very good. Didn't realise he was 68. Oh, he's catching you up then. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we've just alienated three quarters of the people that listen to this while talking about basketball, the single worst sport in the history of existence. So oh, let's, let's, all right. Let's, let's, yeah, let's not even debate that. But yeah, let's just move right, on. So, Chris, Chris Hamblin, he's, he's been over in Las Vegas for his mate's wedding um, and he's probably recovering from uh, jet lag right now. Um, I also, I missed my first home game this season. I was over being a best man for my mate's wedding in Austria. Uh, and I was still up Sunday morning at about five o'clock in a sauna drinking beer with a load of naked men. So that was uh, that was that was pretty special. But I did I did get up in time to uh, watch the Palace game on uh, on the train back. You know there was some there was some singing about Luca and stuff on the train, so I did see it. But it wasn't a game. So tell me about the uh, tell me about the atmosphere because we heard we heard from the uh, the HF saying that they'd be back and stuff. So Dr, what happened? Um. With the atmosphere, well, before before the game, I wasn't optimistic at all. Um, 
about the game. I just thought we'll get destroyed by Arsenal. But the HFS, as you said, they tweeted that there will be a temporary drama at the game. I was looking forward to it. I was expecting uh, a bit of the old days coming back at Selhurst where everyone's singing and um, Selhurst is once again a fortress. But unfortunately, if I'm to be honest about it, it really didn't impact the atmosphere positively. Um, at the start of the game, yes, it, it was it was good. But as the game went on, there was periods at the game, which even I was about to record it um, and post on the back of the next chat. It was just ridiculous how silent it was. I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was, it was like the Emirates, let me just say that. And that's the disappointing part. But with the atmosphere now, I just don't see, I, I have zero hope. Unless the HF come back, I have zero hope because that's the only other option left because we've tried the drum. We've done Monday night football against Liverpool. That didn't work. We played against Arsenal. That didn't work, even with the drums. So I'm just going to wait on the HF and then hopefully like that, it will improve. Zero hope. Excellent. That's a, a great quote. Thanks for that, DR. That's just the kind of optimism I needed. Nick, over in J-Block in Mainstand, how was it? Yeah, um, well, there was a chance started in the Sainsbury's end or the Whitehall's end, which is a first. Um, I thought the atmosphere was better than recent weeks, but simply because the team had turned it on a bit, it's hard to get behind a team when when it's a bit pants, isn't it? Yeah, um, but when we were coming back into the game and, and bursting forward, yeah, there were a few chants going on, but it wasn't like you've got the constant beat of the drum. I didn't. There was a drum in the half away, but I didn't hear it, but people over there in whatever block that is said that it, it helped them quite a bit and there were a few chances of where the Arthur over here but it's it's every home game this season we've just had the chance of where's the famous atmosphere which is a bit kind of embarrassing really I mean at least I presume that their, their time what I've noticed without the drum is that you've got people just dropping in and out of time so much that you, you can't, you're not actually sure like which line you're meant to be singing so at least um, at least they've probably got that back um I mean, we usually talk about the lineups extensively. Let's not go into that too heavily. Um, were, were you were you all right with it, Dr? Yeah. Um, I see. I didn't know because we could have went with a four four two approach or four four three three. So I didn't know what Roy was going to make us play. So I like the main the main concern for everyone was, of course, Max May once again. But I thought personally we was going to go with four four two because he didn't play Max and. Also against Everton, we saw Maka play out wide, so I thought that would be a similar scenario. Um, however, that was that wasn't the case. Of course, we went with a four-three-three, and I thought it was a bit disappointing that Max didn't play because, uh, well, we didn't start because he has just a bit of creativity that was much needed. And um, when he did come on later on, he did bring that into the side, so it would have been good if he started. But then again, we didn't start that badly, even without Max. We started the game off well when we were creating chances, so it was not bad decision by Roy, even though everyone was complaining about it. Yeah, well, I, th I think there was some positive signs against Everton, so kind of knew he was going to be be stubborn about it. But let's get let's get onto the first really decent chance. Um, Zaha Zaha hitting the post, uh, Wambasaka out to Townsend, absolutely skins Xhaka, who had a very up and down game, didn't he? Um, uh, really, really decent cross. Probably quite lucky that it, it fell to Zaha. Uh, tons of space. Keeper totally lost. Nick, were you up out of your seat? I was because sitting in block J, you're always up out of your seat when the ball's up that end. Um, I think he should have put it away. Um, but it was close. Um, it wasn't the only time we hit the woodwork. But we were just... We were more lively than we have been in recent weeks. Recent weeks we've been very, very, very pedestrian, I think, and trying to slow build up. Yeah. But this week we we had much more attacking intent. Yeah, well for forty two percent possession, but I feel like we used it we used it really well. Um Yeah. And then the, the fairly quick move not too long afterwards for Townsend to smack it just wide. Um a nice little triangular move. PVA, MacArthur. It was it was that was I think that's what you're talking about. A fast a fast triangular movement rather than the painfully slow stuff that we've been watching the last few weeks. They are did it did it get the juices running? Yeah, I think that's that that's exactly what I've been screaming for over the last couple of weeks. We've been playing walking pace football and it just hasn't worked. But it's just funny because now we've got hard run of games. Why couldn't we do this against teams like Watford or 
Southampton or Newcastle because if we did play like that against them teams, I'm sure that we would have got uh, like three points against one of them. I'm pretty sure about that. But it's just frustrating. But yesterday is exactly how we should play with high tempo, good movement on and off the ball. We created so many chances and was unlucky because in the first half, if we were to be realistic about it, we could have scored easily two goals. Uh, with the Wilf chance and also Andros's chance. So it was a great start to the game and we just need to continue that in the next couple of weeks because that's how you're going to actually end up scoring goals and create lots of chances, not by doing walking pace football. And I'm impressed that Roy actually did it against Arsenal because I thought we'll be more, way more defensive and that wasn't the case. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I, think, I think probably... Uh... The issue you have as a Palace fan is that it's never that simple, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, you were going to say something a minute ago then, yeah. Nick. Yeah, yeah, that little movement you, you were describing. We out arsenal Arsenal there. That's the sort of thing yeah. you expect them to do. And yeah. you, I, I think Roy played it right in that you can't sit back and sit back and hope for the best. Um, you've got to take the game to them. And I think we outplayed them. I, I think we were unlucky we were unlucky not to win the game in the end, but we, we took the game to them and I don't think they were expecting it. And the big difference for me was that PVA was able to play a lot more freely because he wasn't covering for Schlupp as much as he had done previously. So he had a bit more freedom to roam and that made a big, big difference. It did It did seem from the TV that he, 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 he had a totally different game to how he has in the last few weeks. And it also seemed to me as though Luca was a few yards further forward, a lot more of this game was that was that was that true? Yeah, because he because he had Kuate next to him um, and was able yeah. to cover a bit more. And, and I don't know about Kuate's heat map, but he he seemed to be all over the place as well. You know, in a positive way, not not negatively. But Luca was finding the passes a little bit more. Um, he just, they just seem to be more up for it, and it makes you wonder. We we say this every season, but we we are up for the games against the bigger teams. And I suppose that's true of every club that's going to face them. But we need to get the mentality to do that all the time. Well, that's good, considering the three games we've got coming up. Um, well, I mean, Luca as well, you know, he had a, obviously had a great game, but he had a mixed game because obviously gave the ball away for for the first goal. But before that, he'd given the ball away to Lacazette, who probably should have put one away. Um, so whilst he was getting forward, he was still coming up with some sloppy stuff, and it seemed like he was knocked out of possession three or four times. Um, so it doesn't seem like he's totally there yet, Dr. What do you think? Um, it's a hard one. I think that was a wake-up call after that because he really uh, upped his game, and you can see that there was a bit of confidence, and you know, it's a, like, oh wow, like what am I doing? Like it, he, it really did hit him because. Even with his penalty and his style of play, he really did step it up, and he was Luca that we've seen last season, and that's and we've really missed him in midfield. So it's important that he stepped up, especially against a team like Arsenal, who was planning to outrun us in midfield because they've got so much talent in there. But overall, I was impressed with Luca. Of course, that was a horrendous mistake, but. A similar mistake, not from Luca, happened in the second half as well, where we eventually gave away free kick, which. Arsenal did score, end up scoring from. Um, so I don't, uh, I think it's the style of football. I think Roy just wants the players to keep the ball. But overall, with Luca, I was, I was really impressed, mainly because of how he actually took the penalties. But normal Luca that doesn't have confidence, he would, he would take penalties right through the middle, just like he did against Everton, uh, which the pressure was on him because he wasn't having the best of games and we had to pick up a point. And also against Man City, where he put it through the middle, where it was a last minute. Uh, penalty against a top top side, um, but today you show he proven like that he could actually live up to that pressure, and I thought he handled it pretty well. You can see in his penalty the way he slotted it, he seemed like the old Luca. So I was I was impressed with him yesterday. Well, we did say in his his post match interview that he found the second one exceptionally difficult, and I expected him to say because of the pressure, but um, he said it was because he was absolutely knackered. Um, if you think back to that Man City game, that was what the ninety odd minute that he did that. Um, so I think um, it, I, I wonder if it is the mentality that gets to him, or the fact that 
the reason he did it last week is he was just run ragged, and this time he was a bit more determined. Well, let's let's just let's talk about let's talk about the penalty, uh, the first penalty. What, what were your thoughts on that, Nick? I've forgotten what Arsenal player it was, but he cost them thirty-six million. There's no way he should be sliding in like that from behind. Well, it was Mustafi who Mustafi, yeah. uh, not that long before um, probably should have had one. Ayu should have had one as well. I mean, if you're being skinned by Jordan Ayu, something's definitely wrong. Let's be honest. Um, was was sorry, that? that's harsh. I know that's harsh, but um, yeah. So the with the one on Kuate, I mean, it was it was a straight up penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just going back to the Ayu one. If it wasn't a penalty, why wasn't Ayu booked for diving? And and back on the Ayu book, uh, booking, he was booked in the eighth minute. Um, for a challenge that was no worse than the 57 Arsenal challenges on Palace players after that didn't get a yellow card at all. Um, and we'll come back to, to the foul on uh, Wilf later on in the game that did warrant a yellow card. Yeah. Because Wilf was, Wilf was fouled three times in the first four minutes, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. showed the intent of Wilf as well. The, the referee yesterday, he was so inconsistent. It was really bad because, as Nick said, the IU one, if it's a 50-50 situation, some referees give it and some referees don't. He clearly gave the yellow card, so he has to be consistent with that. Arsenal players were fouling Wilf consistently all game long. And it was just ridiculous. Some of the fouls and he didn't give a card. And overall, it was a really disappointing game from the referees. It's another Premier League ref who I thought we had a poor game. Yes, I know he gave away two penalties, but with his card, he has to be more consistent because if he gave the yellow cards to Arsenal players a bit more earlier in the game where they actually did deserve it, then I thought I feel like it would have been a different game because they wouldn't be able to kick Wilf as they as they were. But yeah, overall I feel like the referee had a poor game if you're uh looking and if you're analysing the referee's performance. Yeah, I mean roll on VAR. That 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 game was a a big endorsement of what VAR will be able to do. Um, it probably would have lasted about two and a half hours with the amount of things he would have stopped and checked, <laughs> but um, it, it really needed it. So, yeah, first penalty, I thought Luca was absolutely perfect. I don't think you could play a better penalty than that. Um, Hodgson talked about, talked about it for about five minutes in his press conference after the game. Um, talked about how they, they, you know, they practice their penalties and stuff, but... Um, you know that was just absolutely perfect. Um, what wasn't can perfect? I, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, can ahead. I just come back to Hogson before the game was saying that the the group, all, all, the whole squad, was still quite confident in training and was still quite upbeat about everything. So they they didn't go into the game thinking, oh god, here we go again. Um, so I think I think that positivity helped. Just coming back to the lineup, do we know what happened to Wickham because he tweeted? three days before the game see you on Sunday everybody and then he wasn't there any clues I mean I was I was beer deep in a sauna somewhere at the time <laughs> so if you two don't know then I can't help you um, no I mean that was it was a shame but I I, I thought actually I, from what I saw of IU, um it was one of his one of his better games so um, and I'd probably in a strange way, I think it would, it was perfect that he was taken off with half an hour to go because um, he, he had an impact and then he you know started to disappear and Soloff came in and did, did the business. So, um, but, but, yeah. I mean, but the, I refs, the refs spoiled his game though, uh, Mike, because because of that early booking. He, he couldn't make the challenges up front and, and defend from the front because he didn't, didn't want to get another yellow card and, and that ruined the game for him I think you, you don't think it's just because he's not very good at making those challenges in the first place perhaps but I, I if you're gonna book somebody that early on then you've got to, you've got to be consistent and he wasn't the ref yeah, and... no, very very true very true um yeah so let's uh, let's move on to where Luca lost the ball for Xhaka's free kick um it was poor poor play wasn't it Dio? yeah it was but it's just the style of football it I don't I understand that we want to keep possession but there's times where it don't matter what team you are it don't matter if you're Arsenal it don't matter if you're United you just have to kick it out I just I was I, I feared that was going to happen because the way they were passing it about I was like oh no Arsenal's going to pressure us and we're, we're going to lose the ball and something horrendous is going to happen and that did turn out to be the case and 
next time, let's just hopefully Roy tells them, all right, look, guys, keep the ball. But when you can't, when it's for, don't force it. Just boot it out, for the love of God. Just boot it out. Don't force it. And it was just a dumb mistake. Hopefully, we won't do that against teams like Tottenham because and yeah, Chelsea when we've got them next week because if, if that does happen then we're, we're going to be punished again. Yeah, I mean, was it was it PVA before he lost the ball that had the chance to, to just clear it? Yeah, they were just, they were just passing it but I was just so confused because I said at the and I was just looking fright. My view was a bit blocked but I just saw them just keep passing. I was like, why is the ball still there? Arsenal players are running towards them. Why is the ball still there? Just boots it out but they didn't beat out and then afterwards we got punished by it. And to be fair to Xhaka, it was a good free kick, but I didn't... Really, let me be honest, I didn't look at the replays, but I had a perfect view of that. And I don't know if um, if that was a good free kick or it was to a certain extent, but could have Hennessy done better? That's another question because it seems like he just got beat a bit too easily on his side there. Well, my, uh, my little brother made a good comment comment about it he said it's you know it's obvious Jack is going to have a go because he's an incredibly selfish player um I I mean we were sitting on the the train and we're all like he's gonna score this isn't he it just had a it just had one of those sort of feelings that it was just going to happen um Nick were you surprised it was a bloody good goal it was but it was. the fact that Hennessy got a fingertip to it made it look better I think it, yeah. it just kind of pushed it. And if, if Hennessy hadn't made that little shuffle that he's prone to doing sometimes, maybe he would have got across to it. But it it was so typical after we'd gone in at half-time being so upbeat and not lumping the ball away. It, it, I thought we were going to collapse then. <laughs> I really thought we were going to collapse. And Well, I mean, we, we did really, didn't we? Mm, yeah, kind of, kind of. But we, we didn't let it get our heads down. We still carried on attacking and we still took the game to Arsenal afterwards. But yeah, had had Hennessy not got a fingertip to it, it wouldn't have looked as good as it was. This might be a bit of an overreaction. I'm a massive Hennessy fan so far this season. I think personally he's playing his best football at Palace um, that I've seen since he's been here. But um, if you do, if you're letting goals like that, could you make an argument that Surely, Gaeta should have a go now because when is he when is he going uh, to have a go? <laughs> like, apart from cup game, when... it's it's testament to to Hennessy that we haven't had this debate for a couple of weeks. But I'm just I'm just being really annoying. But yeah, but just thinking about it, surely Gaeta will be like, ah, oh, is it is it my chance now? Can I play now, Roy, <laughs> in the Premier League? Well, I mean... Presumably he's going to be playing on Wednesday, so we'll, we'll see how he does. We'll, we'll have a word about the, the Middlesbrough game in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so uh, mad mad five minutes after that. Um, let's let's talk about how angry you were for the second goal. Um, Nick, when you've watched it back, presumably when you were at the game, you weren't sure what went on, but... Yeah, it was... It all seemed a bit muddy. Did it come from another slip again or a missed pass where they broke? Um I'm just trying to remember it now. It's, it's completely gone from my brain. This is what, what it's like being older than Tom Robinson, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it, it, I knew it was coming. That was the thing, just for those those few minutes. What, what was the time difference between the goals? Six minutes or four minutes? I can't remember. Five minutes. Five minutes. Okay, we'll go for the average it out there, Mike. That's good. Um, it, it wasn't surprising um, because we were a bit sixes and sevens, but... The fact that Lacazette has done a Maradona and then it's come off of... Um, did it come off of Ayu's head? Or Kuwata's yeah, head I mean, I was going to say, Ayu possibly um, should, have, should, have, should have had his man a bit more. But then again, you could say that really should Ayu be marking a man of that quality? Possibly, yeah, but um, not. I also thought from, from where I was that Hennessy had actually saved it, but it turned out it had gone behind the line. So my, my advice to Wayne is stand on the goal line, not in the goal when you're trying to save shots. Might be a good good tip for the future. Well, let's uh, let's tweet in direct about that. Then, oh, come we? on now. That's um, a bit... <laughs> just let no, the man no, live. Just let the man live. All right. Look, he has one bad game. I know, I, know Patrick is, I know Patrick was tweeting during uh, during the game for the Eagles beat, but I know deep inside he's like, oh, Hennessy out, Hennessy out, Hennessy out. But yeah, it's, uh, looking at the goal, I honestly didn't see 
the handball beforehand. I was hard to see that. In a, uh, when I watched the replays, that's when I saw it. And I don't even blame the referee for that because, um, like, there's so many things that goes on um, when the ball's uh, booted into the box, like players pushing each other. So something might have caught the referee's eye. This is me pushing it, but the linesman should have done better. I think both linesmen yesterday were really poor. The linesman's looking directly inside the box, so he should be seeing what's going on and he should help the referee because that was a blatant handball. If the referee misses it, linesman, you have to step up and help him, but that wasn't the case. Um, and yeah, I, it was it was, it was was dreadful. And that's that, situations like that, that's when you want VAR to come back, don't you? To come in, to come back, to come in. We had it against a Brighton game, but it wasn't used, was it? Well, I mean, we yeah. we all got spoiled with it at the World Cup, didn't yeah. we? And now, yeah. Time, time yeah. to make his entrance to the Premier League. I know it will hurt us in some games, but yesterday it hurt us of it not being there. It's difficult to see in real time, isn't it? The the, the speed of it. Um, but Arsenal Arsenal fans were saying, oh, well, he was being pulled down. I couldn't get the argument that he put his hand up because he was being pulled. If I'm pulled, I don't put my hand up unless I'm telling, I'm telling the if, teacher. If he's, been, if he's being pulled down, then that's a penalty. There's no justification for him to put his hands up and get away with it. If he's being pulled down, then the referee should give a penalty. But the fact that the referee didn't see the pulling and... Uh, not, not the only referee, the linesman as well, and the handball, then that was very poor from them. And they're, they're the people to blame for this, but they need help as well. But, yeah. Should the um, should the Palace players have complained a bit more? I know IU was complaining quite a lot. I think they did complain. Yeah, no, yeah, they ran. That was the difference between the, the first penalty we got. There were no complaints from the Arsenal players at all, were they? They, they knew it was a penalty. but No, and I think the Arsenal players knew that it, it shouldn't have been a goal. And if there's any Arsenal fans that are claiming that he went at the angle and it hit his hand, I mean, they uh, they need some they need to have a word with themselves, really, don't Did they? Did you guys see the, the tweet from DT from Arsenal Fan TV yesterday? Oh, how? No, go on. Do, do, do fill us in. Oh, he, do, do tell us about that. He was just, it was just, oh, how Zars a cheat and how um, Palace are in Brighton's shadow. He just, oh, I just don't understand it. With Arsenal fans. Palace are in Brighton's shadow. Yeah. Right, let's nah. not give that man any more effort. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> carry right along. If, so, <laughs> let's not, let's let, let the man let the man go back to ATV or whatever it's called now after, the, <laughs> after the, the club wouldn't the club wouldn't let them use the name of the club. Yeah, um, so big hats off hats off to uh, Hodgson because he actually proactively um, made some substitutions on the back of that. And could that be the turning point? Could that be us turning the corner when it comes to substitutions? Do you think? Is he finally? Is it finally clicked with him that when something bad happens? He does have three men that he can bring on. Dio? Um, I was so surprised. I was like, what's going on? We're playing fast-paced football and early substitution. Yeah. It was like, oh, wow, Roy is finally working up. And he remembers what happened last season when he was, using, when he was playing that football and using a substitution. And yeah, hopefully that is the case because he actually helped us. It's good to bring on fresh, uh, fresh plays because every other team does it. And if you don't, then you just get outrun by... Other teams having fresh plays and your players being fatigued. Even Luca said it after the game, he was fatigued. And I know Luca didn't come off, but if we had eleven tired players, then it wouldn't it wouldn't have helped. And it was good bringing on Max because we needed a bit of creativity after Arsenal um, scored a goal. And I thought he did pretty well. And also Soloff, it was a good decision as well because Jordan I had a yellow card, and as Nick said, he he wasn't really able to play how he has done so far and going to challenges and help us defensively but both substitutions in my opinion worked out pretty well Max and Serloff I was impressed with Serloff because he's been under so much criticism lately by me as well because I don't think he's ready for a Premier League but he seemed quite good yesterday against Arsenal he was very good with his aerial duels and also um, he was he was a constant threat helping Wilf come into the game yeah I really liked the substitution from Roy yesterday yeah Nick what do you reckon um Surlov seemed to have a better positional sense yesterday, I thought, as well. And he he wasn't as pedestrian and looked, looked more at it. Um, Do you think that's because Arsenal gave him more time than other teams have? Maybe, maybe. Um, but the Jimmy Mack um, 
who's quit Scotland today, hasn't he? He's quit international football, which is a, yeah, a bit well, of a shame, but a boon for us. If you, um, um, if you, if you guys, if anyone listening hasn't had a chance to listen to uh, last week's Love Sport, um, Nick actually. He uh, he went on a good fifteen minute rant with uh, with Jim Cannon, who came on for a, for a chat. Uh, it's yeah. a great thing to go and have a listen to. You can skip the rest if you're not. A fan. I know not everyone's a fan of that that particular station due to who runs it and stuff, but it's well worth having a listen to uh, Jim Cannon speak some sense. We asked him, or I asked him a bit cheekily, whether he reckons they could have done with uh, Jimmy Mack playing for Scotland recently after their abysmal results. Uh, and I think he said something like he needs about 10 Jimmy Max in that team. So it's a it's a crying shame for them. Um, but at the same time, none of us are Scottish, so we don't care. Uh, Nick, carry on. Yeah, um, but yeah, Jimmy was industrious, but to no real effect on, on uh, Sunday, I thought. No. But uh, he was putting good, himself Good use about... of the word industrious, though. Good use. Yeah. yeah. So, what, what's going to happen with Jimmy? Um, do you think he's going to be dropped for the... Also, uh, the Chelsea game. Why do I keep saying uh, weird teams like Tottenham uh, for the Chelsea game on Sunday, or do you think Rose? I I don't know if there's some. I don't know if he signed some contract to say that he's not going to start May or ever. But um, yeah, you know, I, I <laughs> yeah, that could be that. Like, yeah, that could be something um, that could have been signed potentially because the way it's looking. But ideally, I think it's time for May to start. He's had a couple of good performances, and um, Jimmy Mack is just not up to it. Just like Luca. He, so far, I know Luke had a decent game, but it seemed like Jimmy Mack he still hasn't returned. I don't know why he hasn't returned from because he didn't even go to World Cup or have any problems with his national side um, like that. I know he's retired, but I think it's time to drop Jimmy Mack potentially for Ma- uh, for Maya because he will impact us and help us more. In my opinion, it's pains me to say it, but I think you're probably probably right there. I, I, I love Jimmy Mack, but I think maybe it's time for Maya to come in, perhaps. Perhaps uh, give Jimmy Mack a run against Middlesbrough. Yeah, and off the bench because he has so much energy. So hopefully, like that, he can help us um, push on or help us defend the game against Chelsea. (laughs) God knows what happens there. But yeah, I think he'll be good off the bench for a bit. Yeah. I I think it's just a dip in form, though, because we know that he can do it. I mean, he's scored so many goals last season for, for a player in his position. And we know he's capable of scoring. I think he's hit the bar this season already, hasn't he? Um, so I'm just hoping it's a temporary dip in form. But Roy has been saying about how he wants to... He's kind of rewarding the players that helped the team last season. But but you can only do that so long. And I think that's what's been keeping Meyer out, to be perfectly honest, that and viruses. So Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. But um, 10 games in, it's probably time to change that particular plan. Uh, and speaking of hitting the bar... Wasn't too long before Mayer did that. Um, I thought it was a really nice move. Um, I think Sorlot was quite heavily involved with that, wasn't he? But a decent run down the pitch. Um, I think it was him. Was it him and Zahar ended up yeah. getting the ball down? Yeah, to yeah it was him and Zahar. And yeah, as soon as Max came on, and as I said, he the game, he just controlled the game, and he was trying to pick up the ball from the defense and bring it along. I think. It worked out pretty well for us and it gave Arsenal another thing to think about apart from Wilf because he was he was all over the pitch and he was giving Arsenal midfielders a difficult time and he did have two massive opportunities, Max. So it was really impressive from him. The fact that he's he scored against something Dulwich and now he's creating chances against Arsenal, very close chances as well. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It was just unfortunately, unfortunately went over the bar. But yeah, did you just refer to them as something Dulwich? It's the Dulwich Hamlets. I know there's quite a few. There's quite a few Palace fans that are also Dulwich Hamlet oh, fans. So yeah, I'm, I'm, apologies. Yeah, for, <laughs> apologies. No, I, I meant did he score for Dulwich? Did he score for Dulwich? Uh, he did. He did yeah, indeed yeah, score yeah, for Dulwich. Yeah, against Dulwich. Yeah. Best, best player with the first yeah, exactly. Half, yeah, so um, yeah, the fact that he scored a goal against Dulwich and the fact that he was very close against um, Arsenal as well uh, on Sunday it just it just shows that probably need to start him sometime soon. Roy, come on, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, Mike. Mike, you do realise you did call them first of all Dulwich Hamlets. So I oh think... wow, that's even worse. <laughs> first of all, you correct me, Mike, and then you call them Hamlets. <laughs> oh jeez. And, so... and Dr. He didn't score for Dulwich. He scored yeah, for yeah. Us, yeah. So, so I said I said against Dulwich <laughs> after. Yeah, I said yeah. I realised my mistake and I said against Dulwich. Moving, that... moving, moving swiftly on. Let's let's <laughs> talk about the penalty rather than that. So, um, Xhaka, absolutely terrible. Um, was uh was a was a really bad tackle, wasn't it? Nick? Yeah, I mean it was fifteen yards in front of me and I I said this on the Love Sport yesterday afternoon when they called me for my review of the game. But the Arsenal fans were moaning that Zaha died some dived somewhat theatrically. He may be a bit, but as Zaha said in the past, he's got his impetus where he's moving. So he's going to go over. And, and the fact that people are still calling Zaha a diving cheat after Xhaka went on the television and said, yes, it was a foul. I caught him with my knee, even though he caught him with his foot. Um, it, it won't even shut him up. They're still saying it's fake news. But it was very, very clever play. It was Soloff who came down the middle of the pitch again. And it, he had three or four options to pass the ball, as he did a couple of other times later, which, which I'll talk about where he he made the wrong pass but um Wilf just scared the scared the, the willies out of them and like you said Xhaka had a very very up and down game but it was most definitely a penalty I know there's one angle somebody's tweeted that where it doesn't quite look like it is but it was it was a nailed on penalty and the fact that uh, the referee got a decision right um straight away he he didn't didn't hesitate at all for that didn't hesitate at all. Yeah, uh, Dr. What did the, you think? The, the fact that Xhaka said it after the game, and the fact that Arsenal fans are still complaining, says it all. Really, it was a penalty. Your own player said that, and even Wilf, he seemed like he was pretty annoyed about it because on his Instagram story yesterday, he posted a video of Xhaka saying how it was a penalty, and he said that how he's been getting abuse, and he normally doesn't do this. So. Just, I don't know what to say. There's an agenda against Wolf, of course. So, I'm not, I'm not surprised that people are calling him, calling him a cheat. Um, but yeah, it was a penalty, and uh, I honestly, I lost, I lost hope in likes of Chris Sutton and opposition fans that think every single foul on Wolf is a dive or, or whatever, and it's not a penalty. He's like, okay, then what is a penalty then? <laughs> like, even. Even Mark Clattenburg said it was a penalty, and he hates yeah. us yeah, so much. Yeah, even Clattenburg. And, and uh, let's just remind producer Sam, who's doing a sterling job today, um, that we've got a blanket ban on Chris Sutton's name. So oh, yeah. if, you can, uh, <laughs> if you can beep out both times that his his name was said, all we can say is we're referring to a certain BT Sport pundit who is quite miserable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the penalty, um, my heart stopped. I don't know about you, gentlemen. I was... I, uh, I didn't look. Yeah, I, didn't I was too. Yeah. <laughs> I was too nervous, but I was a bit confident because of how Luca took his first penalty. You could see that he was confident about it. I know that he, I knew that he'll be nervous because of the occasion. Is a second penalty, and we could actually get result against Arsenal if we, if we score it. Uh, but yeah, I was I was really nervous, but he he tucked in pretty well again. And hats off to Luca because he's been under pressure a lot and. He seemed confident and lived up to the occasion there. The, the penalties were very different, weren't they? The, the first one was uh, not soft shot, but it was more placed. Um, the second one was more more blasted to the left. And it's always tricky with the second one, isn't it? Do you put it the same way? Do you, do you put it a different way? But he put it the same way, but 
a little bit higher, sort of halfway up the goal rather than bottom corner. Um, and it was just too much for the Arsenal keeper to get to. Yeah, he, oh, he did a he, he had a decent chance of getting it, I think. And well, yeah, um, now at least now at least we know when Luca's in form and not. Uh, and when he's out of form, because when he's in form, he can actually score penalties and doesn't go straight to the middle. <laughs> when he's out of form, he just kicks it straight through the middle. I think that seems like it's the case. Well, he's only missed, he's only missed two. Penalties for Palace. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was against Let's... Everton where he went straight through the middle, which he didn't seem confident about. And you could see it in the way he did take the penalty. And against Man City, which it was just a last minute penalty. And he clearly wasn't confident about it and hit it straight through the middle. It seems like whenever he's not confident, he hits it straight through the middle. I don't know. I might be overlooking into it, just like my raining thing where we don't win in the rain. <laughs> but yeah, it does seem... Well, <laughs> let's, let's talk about one more heart and mouth moment that happened in the game. And that was when Punchin was built on for Kuwato. Did you, uh, did you swear to yourself, Nick? <sighs> A little bit, but... Give the bloke his due. He's, he's looked good in the friendlies and under 23s he's played. Um, and he's got a point to prove, especially if, you know, he, he feels he's not getting enough chances. Maybe he's looking at getting out in the January transfer window. Then he's, he's got to got to play for potential suitors, hasn't he? Um, not that he actually did a lot when he was on because, well, how many times did he touch the ball? Um, not many. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't point, which was good. I noticed that. Yeah, there was, there was none. There was none on the on the TV. I don't know if they, they were just off screen or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I I I think um, there has been a criticism from from Hodgson um, in the past that he's made some some late substitutions that made you worry when you think you know we're already looking quite solid. Why change it? But um, you know you can criticise him for anything, you- I suppose. Who would you have uh, bought on instead? Because obviously he's bought well, him exactly. on for Kuarte, exactly. who's probably knackered. Well, that, you yeah. could, no, um, read the world. Uh, it depends on how if if you want to play more defensively and just hold like hold the two two, you could bring on Readerboard for Kuarte, who's pretty defensive. But the fact that he did bring on Punch, and that's what I was surprised about because he Punch he's not the greatest player defensively, so he kind of gave a message that Roy wanted us to push on and get another goal oddly enough so that was pretty impressive from Roy because <laughs> over the last couple of weeks knowing how, how he has been with substitutions the fact that he did bring on punch and instead of read the world says two things he doesn't read the world at all and it says the fact that he actually wants to push on and get a result against Arsenal rather than sit back yeah, I, and uh, I, th- I think you're possibly right. Let's cover uh, Rida Valdi in a minute when we have a brief discussion about the Middlesbrough game. Uh, and let's cover also uh, points that have been made by listeners. Um, but if you want to wrap up anything more about this game, um, I think I'll yeah. give you a uh, last comment, each of you gents. Nick first. Aaron Wambasaka is going to be yes. 10 times the player Wilf is. He will be an England regular and I'll be very, very surprised if we see him at Palace next season. Yes. He's, he's a £50 million player already, surely. He had a few wayward passes at the beginning, but um, I think Alan Shearer was eulogising about him on Match of the Day 2 last night. Um, but he's a couple couple more things. He'll be the complete player, but he just wins tackles. He's Has he got the best defensive record in yeah, the Premier one. League despite... Only having 18 starts with his stats, but his stats yesterday, uh, he won seven out of eight tackles, five interceptions, yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just incredible, and he worries the other team. And every team we play, their fans say, I want to buy him. Is that, no, the, the funny thing was yesterday, when I went on Twitter, there was an Everton fan saying, oh, I reckon we should go for Wan-Bissaka, 15 million in January. Honestly, don't know what they were smoking that day, but the fact that they think they can get <laughs> one cycle for fifty million is absolutely hell- fifteen one, one yeah, five one five not fifty one five fifteen million. Oh, I was just surprised, but yeah, some of his stats yesterday he had the most tackles made, uh, six most take-ons completed, so going forward <laughs> it was five, and most interceptions four. It's, it was another brilliant display from one cycle. And uh, do you want to talk about the man of the match because we had a little poll or? Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go on that. Well, I, the one thing I wanted to bring up about Wambasaka was that one particular f- tackle on Iwobi. Uh It warmed my lawn. <laughs> I was sitting on that train, 
guy there. Very warm <laughs> more than a more than a, more than a sauna. Yeah, more than more than a sauna. Yeah. Uh, yes. Can I, a, can I ask a hypothetical question? Yes. If we had to lose one of Wilf or Bisaka, who would you keep? Oh no! <laughs> okay. Oh, that, wow! You just threw me. I've never actually what, thought I, of that. I tell you what, we will discuss this. There's a there's a point that's been brought up by somebody. Uh, we will bring up uh, after after we've uh, had a little break. So let's just cover the man in the match, and then uh, we'll have a we'll have a brief interlude. Right. So, uh, should I read out the Twitter poll uh, first? And listen. Yep. Absolutely. So Zaha were, had 18 percent votes. Wan Bissaka had 57. Luca had 19, and other for other there was six percent for that. Uh, Wan Bissaka won our man of the match on our Twitter page um, and he was my man of the match as well he was absolutely fantastic defensively and going forward as you saw he had the most take-ons completed as well and yeah he's an absolutely brilliant player and he's man of, my man of the match probably uh, but Tompkins had another good game um, Zaha was a threat all game long so yeah it was there's a couple of good performances Nick it does make you wonder, doesn't it, if Ward hadn't been injured, whether we'd be eulogising now. Because I, I was talking to um, uh, the chap I went with yesterday, who I won't mention because Chris will cry. Um, but he's, he said that there were other players in the youth team or the under-23s that were seen to be more more likely to make it than one bissaka and he was kind of under the radar so it makes you wonder if any of the other youths get a chance whether they'll be just as good or even better i don't know i think it was another two all draw today wasn't it so um i'll watch the highlights of that later okay i'm gonna say my man of the match was punching just to make him feel better um <laughs> let's let's have a let's have a let's have a quick break and we'll come back with some comments from uh listeners Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 5, 5, 8 a.m., DAB Digital Radio and online, lovesportradio.com. Okay, so we uh, we usually ask for four-word reviews um, after the games, but what we also posted on uh, the back of the next Facebook page, and if you're not following that, please do. Um, post an unpopular Crystal Palace opinion. Type agree, disagree in the comments, no arguing. No, I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read out a couple of them. Uh, Daniel Varelis, and I'm sorry if I've pronounced your name wrong. The ref in the FA Cup final against Man United was absolutely brilliant. All right, all right, <laughs> yeah. all right. No, 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 there's a limit. All right, look, I yeah. understand it's an unpopular opinion, but there's a limit to this as well. Come on now. <laughs> He, he sure is a United fan. I'm sorry. Um, if I'm, if you're actually... I, I think I, I think uh, I think he may have been speaking tongue in cheek. Uh, Thomas Bartholomew, Townsend is overrated and has been poor for a long time now. Same opinion on Big Ben. Also, I don't think that second point is maybe quite such an unpopular opinion. But Townsend, I thought he, um, I thought he he played a really good backup role yesterday for uh, Sahar. I thought and I thought he did some damage. Personally, yeah. uh, what about you? Um, yeah, I thought I thought he had a, I thought he had a decent game yesterday, um, but you you do have a point for that though because I know there's a couple of fans who have actually questioned Townsend and said that how he's overrated and at some games yes he does switch off but I thought he had a decent game yesterday um, but I don't think he's overrated I think every player has their on and off days um, but it seems like this season has had more off days than on days if that works. But yeah, I don't think he's overrated though. Okay. I've I found him a little bit frustrating because I thought he he was suffering with what Wilf used to do and was trying to take on people too many times rather than whipping the ball in. Whether that's because uh, he's a, a little bit one-footed, I don't know. But there there were two or three times we were screaming for him to, to just get the ball in early and he didn't and he, he stopped and, and beat the same player a couple of times, which is something he could change within his game. But that said, there wasn't anybody in the box waiting for a cross anyway, so... Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to come on to uh, what will be a very controversial point from Lee Johnson. Should sell should sell Zahar in January, and then we'll have to play a different way, which will bring more players out of their shell and benefit the team as a whole. 
Now, uh, my personal opinion on that, I think um, I, th I think if we were properly bottom three, um, you know, if we were on very few points, and you know, from what he said pre-season, anyway, um, it may be financially a viable option. But I think if we're if we're doing okay, I can't see Zaha going anywhere, and I think there would be an absolute uproar. Um, I can see where Lee's coming from. Um, I can see it winding a lot of people up at the same time. I can see that no one's liked his comment about and giving a smile, so they're probably none too happy. Um, but I can see where he's coming from there. They are. I personally wouldn't take the risk, and I don't think um, Roy would like to as well, or Steve as well. I just uh, It's just too big of a risk, because if you get relegated from the Premier League and it's going to be so hard coming up and we're, gonna, we're going to have to sell so many players, I'd rather keep Wilf as long as we can and when we do sell him um, then there's nothing else that we could do if he wants to leave but if he wants to stay there's no point selling him in January I wouldn't take the risk right now I've, it's yeah. too risky it, it's a difficult one because I'd love to see Wilf turn it on in the Champions League and I want him as a player to do the best he can in football but selfishly, I'd love him to stay at Palace for as long as possible and be, be our, our Matt Letizia. I'm too greedy as well. I'm yeah. too greedy as well. I think, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like as well. I think that probably sums up most people's opinions. Uh, Son John Rakinov. Calvin Andrew was the best Palace striker ever. Let's leave that one there. No, that, was, that was Trevor was he, was he in a sauna with you, drinking too many beers, maybe? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the reason why I said it's your mate are these your mates <laughs> no I have I have never met that gentleman right. in my life David Adams David Adams Dougie will manage us again one day and I'm okay with that interesting point I, I think there's a there's a there's a thought that maybe he has been lined up for a little while now yes um, I was I was arguing that on the show on Love Sport last week, wasn't I? And getting rightly castigated by you. Look, I may have been playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I, I still think that managerially, he, he, he could could do a job for us because the other managerial jobs, he's been, been hampered financially as well. And uh, possibly the Bolton thing, I know, I know that he didn't have a lot of cash, but it's a, learn, it's a step, it's a learning curve for him. So, yeah. Uh, a couple of uh, comments about Roy. Tom Rado, uh, Roy must go, is simply what he said. Uh, John Monksfield, Roy is past his sell-by date. I mean, it's hard to say that after this game, I would have said. Um, it's taken a while, but I think if he has learned his lesson and he brought on those two subs soon after the second goal went in, then I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And in our poll recently... I think about half of you agreed with that. Uh, yeah. um, Brad Winks, relegation is the answer to our current problems. Um, I certainly would love eight more games a season, but otherwise I'm not sure I totally agree with that, Dion. Um Sorry, I was thinking about the Roy thing. <laughs> I was just thinking about the Roy. I was, I was actually thinking of asking the question, like, let's say we do end up losing the rest of our games against the top top six sides um, when realistically do we call for Roy out because there's been people even before the game kicked off as saying oh Roy should go when, once that happens it's, it's, it's a trend that's only more people going to jump on and I'm just asking I'm wondering what you guys are what you guys have views on Roy how long you reckon you'll keep the job if performances go downhill well I mean we're, we're three points better off than the teams in the relegation zone, at least three points. So uh, I think we're doing all right. I think we're lucky that we've got some pretty poor teams in the Premier League this season. Um, I don't see any need for there to yeah. be a change whatsoever. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there as well. What about you, Nick? A bit bit, bit worrying that he did make subs Saturday, Sunday, but they were kind of like for like. I don't think they changed our shape at all other than that that Maya did kind of confuse the Arsenal midfield because he was such a busy little bee all over the place. Um, so I'm not sure whether there's, there's a plan B or just have a slightly different type of player in there. Um, and Everton, everybody was moaning about the Everton game. Um, it was only, I think we matched Everton. I thought we played quite well against Everton. It's just we haven't got an out-and-out -out person at the moment that, that's scoring goals. 
and and that's hampering us more than more than Roy's managing managing that's a made that's up something word. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's hope that this uh, conversation doesn't have to be yeah, uh, discussed crossed. too often yeah, in the next couple of games. What was the question? Um, I think as long uh, as sorry, <laughs> what was what was the question well, that? The initial yeah. question that started that off um, is: Would relegation be the answer to our problems? No way. I think relegation is the worst case scenario, and I have a feeling I think it, it's played a part. Like we're focusing on too much on survival and. It's played a part on how we played so far this season. It seems like we're more defensive and not going forward, taking risks and rather take the point than the three because it means so much to stay up in the Premier League. Um, I don't think really I think relegation will destroy us because of how how much we give to players and how much we'll have to reshuffle our team and whole rebuild. I think it'll just be disastrous. Ask a West Brom fan that and they're so glad they got relegated because there's a bit of a buzz around the club again. And they they feel like they're they're re- rebuilding something there, so uh, I suppose it all depends on how you do when you first season back, and and then the, you've got the keeping key players. I know um, Stoke fans are, are, are stoked that they've still got Joe Allen playing for them, and I know he's been doing really really well. My worry would be that we'd lose all our our decent players, but then we'd see players coming through, and we'd be having something to play for again. There's a lot. A lot about the championship being a lot closer at the top and and whatnot, but in, until something like that happens, and at least we wouldn't have a ball on a plinth at the beginning of the game. That really, really <laughs> winds me up. I hate it. Jordan so Marshall much. will be back as well, so there's so many positives if we play in the championship. <laughs> that, is, that is the silver lining yeah. to end that conversation. Yes. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Before before anyone actually thinks I was deadly serious, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want to see Jordan much in the championship. Even too late. I've treated oh, you. Come on. <laughs> He scored, a, he scored a screamer for Vancouver Whitecaps the other day. Uh, Lawrence Hill, just to put it in perspective, Hodgson is our greatest manager ever. Uh, Dean Sanders, Jeffrey Schlupp is a word I'm not going to say. Should struggle to make the bench. I think we've discussed that quite a lot recently. Um, Andros Townsend is basic from J- James Pumber Scott. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. And let's end with uh, Neil Gray. Christian Benteke couldn't hit a cow's ass if he was holding a banjo. Uh, okay, then. Well, uh, there's a fair amount of negativity there. If he was holding a double bass, to be perfectly honest. That's harsh. Are you lot, are you lot so harsh? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. He's, he's, harsh. He's, in, he's suffering a really bad injury right now. Just let the man just rest. Not rest in peace, because that just sounds really... Weird, but I'm rest. sure Neil Gray does not actually think that as yeah. the rest of us don't either. Um, I was actually standing next to a double bass for a lot of Saturday night next to a, a Styrian Austrian traditional band. Um, I asked them to play some Iron Maiden and they did indeed come out with a quick rendition of Run to the Hills. So that was excellent. Right, so um, DR, could you uh, just, we had a couple of questions came through on Twitter today. Um, would you like me to fill in while you uh, yeah, or have yeah. you got them? Okay, one, one more comment from Nick Amor. Soloff isn't the answer. And what I would say, um, f- certainly on the evidence of this game, uh, I think that he was used in exactly the right way. Uh, and I think um, Hodgson obviously does rate him. When he was talking in the post-match press conference, um, he said, when you've got players of the quality of Mayer and Serlock to come off the bench, um, then that's a great situation for a manager to be in. Now, for him to, to say that, uh, and he doesn't usually come out with that kind of comment unless he really means it, he obviously does does back him. Um, and I'm glad of that because we do need him right uh, now. I'm ready if you are, Mike. Shall I go? All right, Absolutely. let's go. So, so what, what questions uh, have We've got through? one question from Mr. Cadbury's Parrot. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant, Mr. Yeah, name, brilliant. <laughs> uh, his performance gave you the most hope, Roy. For me, but what about you? So, what do you think, gents? Nick, the whole teams. I can't. That I, is a cop we're out talking about, No, I know we're talking about man of the match, and I, I don't think anybody had a, had a, a particularly bad. Well, not an evenly, anywhere near a bad game. Um, 
but as I said earlier, Aaron is, is one for the future. He's one for the future, and um, I just can't wait to see him develop. Fair point. I'm going to go with Sacco just because we haven't talked about any of his uh, slightly dodgy passing or anything like that. Um, there was a couple of hairy moments, but um, on the whole, he had a he had a really solid game, um, and that that's usually a sign that we're uh, we're playing pretty well. I think. Um, yeah, I'm going yeah. to go for Luca. The fact that he's been dreadful all season long and. He played actually decent against against a very good Arsenal side. He just gives me a bit of hope there. And yeah, I'm going to go for Luca. But next question is from Mike Clark. Um, he said, uh, he asked, did Roy get the starting lineup right in your view uh, to pop Arsenal on the back foot? What do you guys think? Do you, um, do you think he got it correct? I know we've got a 2 2 result, but was there, would, would it change anything if it was Roy? I think he got the tactics spot on. Um, I think slightly slightly messing around with the formation did did, did the trick. Um, I mean, the proof's in the, the pudding, isn't it? Really, we we played quite, we played fast. We only had forty two percent of possession, but we had something like sixteen shots to their seven. Um, I think he's he's got it spot on, and it's exactly the tactics we need against this these teams that we've got coming up. Um, maybe he won't go for that against Middlesbrough. He might play. He might be a bit more expansive, um, but. Yeah, I absolutely can't fault him. I think it's his, probably his best managerial performance since the Fulham game. Nick? Nick? Yeah, um, it, it was a very, very good performance. Uh, I've seen Arsenal fans again on Twitter and Facebook saying that um, it was a very poor Arsenal performance. But actually, I disagree. I don't think we allowed them to play. I really don't. And Ozil wasn't too bad. Xhaka looked really good apart from the penalties um, but we the fact we got one Bissaka that is stopping so much and then as I said earlier PVA being unleashed a little bit more it's Zaha's not the only threat anymore and if we can keep building up and building up especially with Maya um, popping up here there and everywhere uh, I think yeah I think the only way is up now really isn't it that's the kind of positivity we need. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Well, we're we're, we're, we're uh, going to Champions League. We're getting on to it. It's not this year. Let's do this. It's a good stuff. No, if you let's mention see. Europe, it goes tits up. That happened oh, exactly. last right, 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 right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about it. Let's remember what Phil Neville said and let's put that in perspective, shall we? Um, right, so we get, we've got to, we've got to uh, about an hour. So let's just wrap up by talking briefly about the game coming up on Wednesday away to Middlesbrough. Now, Terence of the uh, preview pods is travelling up there. He reckons it's going to cost him 200 quid. Um, do you think that's money well spent, Dio? Do you think we're going to get a decent result? He's crazy. Result? Um, but if, <laughs> 200 quid. Um, but I, I, I do think we'll get a decent result because today I was looking up uh, Middlesbrough and um, Tony Pulis, uh seeing what he, he was saying about the game against us on Wednesday. And he seems like he's not going to play the strongest uh, lineup. So I think we've got a decent chance if he's if he's not up for the cup. He he wants to focus more on the league, and if he's not going, if they're not going to play their strongest lineup, and if we play our second team, which has coped well, and I personally think is better than Middlesbrough's even starting lineup, I think we should do pretty well, and we should actually beat them. I want to go for a cup run. I, I agree. I mean, we're in the last 16, so this is we're one game away from a, a quarter final. Nick, who do you want to see in the starting eleven on Wednesday evening? Well, first of all, I just say uh, Terence, there's a man with no kids and disposable income. Before you right there, um, I'd like to see um, Gaita have a going goal again. I'd like to see um, Kai Kai if he's available, and um, a couple of the uh, other younger players. Um, it'd also be nice to see Wickham get a full game just to increase his fitness, providing he's not too injured. And also, if Dan's available, I know he's played for the under twenty threes today. I don't know how they got on. Um, he looks uh, quite a way off being match fit against Dulwich. I've got to say, um, I thought he did well, but he 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 did look as though he, he's quite a way off sharpness, which is no real surprise. Uh, I'd love to see Reedervold get a, a full game. I'm sure he will, um, but I, I'm quite looking forward to watching him. On a totally legal stream. Totally. Uh, <laughs> totally. 
Sure. <laughs> oh, right. A- any any last comments before we wrap up, gentlemen? They are. Um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to our game against well Middlesbrough. Yeah, but I'm kind of looking forward to our game against Chelsea. It's going to be interesting because they're a real quality side as well. But the fact that Roy has proven that he can actually do substitutions early and bring on fresh players and actually make us play fast football. The fact that we saw that against a team like Arsenal, it just gives me a bit of hope, which I haven't <laughs> I haven't had so far this season, but it's, it's slightly creeping back in. So, yeah, it's, hopefully we keep that up, but it was a great performance against Arsenal. Yeah, I, I was very pleased to walk away the game, walk away from the game without having the raging ump. Um, I just want to see some goals from open play, please. Okay, and I will say I'm having a day of not drinking after the weekend I've had, um, and that's really, really what I need. Um, in terms of football, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a decent week ahead. We've got um, we've got Terence back with the preview pods ahead of the Chelsea game, and I'm sure he can moan about his travel right up to the northeast. Uh, let's hope we get a win. And it's um, not plastic like Amber. That's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> I'm going to throw that out yeah. there. It's, Speaking of yeah. the great man, he will be back with uh, a panel as yet undecided um, next weekend after the four o'clock Sunday game against Chelsea. So until then, thanks very much for listening, uh, listening, and obviously up the Palace. Thank you. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.